Clear prep. All right, guys. So welcome to the behind the scenes. We got about 10 more minutes, actually about eight more minutes until we go live. So because you are listening to paratalk.org, you get to listen to a little bit of the pre-show that nobody else gets to listen to except for you. And if you're over on PPG Grandpa's uh, video site, uh, his, his um, YouTube, you get to hear it too. Unfortunately, live stream doesn't start until eight more minutes. So um, we got Linda here. How are you doing, Linda? I'm doing awesome. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Mr. Uh, Kevin Kefly is here. We got um, Brian. Brian's here also. Uh, Chris Wheeler from, from last week, if you remember him, he's also here on our panel. And uh, today we also have uh, David, which is going to be our guest next week. But he's just going to be on our panel and uh, voice his uh, professional opinion. And that'll be a challenge. <laughs> and David, if you could turn your phone sideways so we get a horizontal view. That'll on... be JP heavy. There you go. Awesome. Did anybody hear anything about JP? Is he supposed to be coming on? Oh, no, he's in the flying, right? With uh, Shane? That's right. That's right. They I, both went. I hope that, I don't know. I hope that uh, because my, like some of my friends lives in Ohio and there were some tornado warnings about an hour ago. And uh, Pennsylvania is supposed to get something. And yeah, it's not looking pretty. So hopefully they're not, you know, trying to that's, get out to fly now. Well, that's another reason why I just don't want to go to a flight. I really don't want to drive, you know, 500 or 1,000 miles to go someplace to find out that I can't fly that week. God, that'd yeah. be awful. I mean, they had pretty decent weather the last few days, but yeah, my friend. And then I looked it up, and yeah, there's tornado, there's tornado warning. So that's not up. good. Hey, you know, depends on your skill level. You might be able to to ride that wake of the tornado, which yeah. would be really fun. And if you got your uh, GoPros on, that would make some really good YouTube videos. Oh, good lord! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, who's all going to the endless foot drag? Anybody? Are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm planning on it. That's cool. I was planning on it, but what's that? When and where is that? The endless foot drag? It's the end of this month. 21 through 27? 21 through 7, 27, yeah, of this month. In Fredonia, Kansas, Kansas. And it's not too far away from me, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm in the middle of a big project. I haven't told anybody, but, you know, I'll tell you and everyone listening to our pre-show, which, by the way, we seem to be getting 5,000 uh, views or not wow. views, listen, listens on our um, podcast, our audio podcast, That's which awesome. is really awesome. I can't believe that. I had no so idea. the couple people that are listening to us right now on the audio, welcome. Um, I'm actually, this right here is my, I don't know, how should I say it? It's a documentary on PPG. JP! JP on PPG, JP! Hey. He's in the house. Okay. Got his head in the clouds again. Always heads in the cloud. I recognize that guy. Wait. <laughs> What's that? Uh, that's da that's David. I, I know him from uh yeah. Yeah, he's famous. He's on YouTube. From the YouTube. 
Yeah. <laughs> we, we have the same uh, front mount reserve container. Which actually I think Sean has too, don't you, Sean? Yes, we all have the same, so which I don't like. I'm all you know. the same, uh, the gin dashboard front mount reserve container. Yeah. Well, now like you're it. blood brothers, aren't you? <laughs> basically, basically. Must have. Is, uh, does JP's screen look like it's frozen with his eyes looking up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's frozen. Okay, it's JP, funny. you look like you're a zombie. <laughs> yeah, there's a big, big storm right here. How's my audio? Your audio's that's, what good. that's that's what happens when you throw big sats over the Ohio River. Is you look oh, like oh oh you saw up. that huh? you saw that oh, oh. I did. Hey, at least I didn't land in the Ohio River like another popular hey, YouTuber hey, hey, hey. here. We don't oh, talk that, about that yet. That was that wasn't his fault. That was because he got rotored in the prop blast. Remember? Right. Yeah. Uh -oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Anyways. So skinny Shane with you, uh, JP? What's that? Is skinny Shane out there with you? He was. He was. He's rocking his uh, skinny chef flag, and and there were so many people there. It was. I did can't... he? Uh, did he wind up getting hooked up with a new pipe? A new pipe. Exhaust yeah. pipe. Yeah. The exhaust pipe was awful. I didn't know he had a bad one. He was flying like like crazy. Yeah, his, uh, he posted a picture of his pipe fractured like the rest of the Viterazzi wimpy pipes. Yeah, right in the six the old inches crack the pipe. Yeah. The dreaded crack pipe. Yeah. Haven't, I haven't had that. And um, uh, the first motor I had with the Classic, I had a different uh, exhaust on it. This, my 19, um, seems to be doing okay. So crossing my fingers and knocking on... I think the, the word was that they got a bad batch or something like that of, of pipes put out with a defect in them. Yeah, there was there was a whole bunch of NY19s. I've only got 20 hours on my motor right now, and I have a feeling it's coming. Yeah, mine went out at about 20, 25 hours, and it yeah. was uh, it, some it, money it was a it was a chunk that could have easily taken out the prop. I mean, it was a big chunk that came wow. out. Yeah. So far, I'm doing pretty good, and this motor, I have a little over 100 hours on this one. Nice. I, I, what, usually, I it happens. I have 127 early. hours on my motor, and it runs like a champ. I like and champs. Two, two rebuilds so far. <laughs> you have so many problems with your paramotor. You really need more than one. You need like a whole stock of different ones. Just when his, one blows up, you can just use another. His frames crack like Viterazzi's exhausts, yeah. I know. That's insane. Not anymore. We we fixed we re engineered it and now it's better. That's what's up. Okay, we got, about work. got about one so more minute about work until we go live on YouTube. Tyler Glee was saying one minute. one, one is none. I must have missed something, what? Sometimes. Kyle, Kyle Glee was saying two is one and one is none. For mm -hmm. what? I have a spare. Yeah, I have a spare paramotor. Oh, okay. I must have missed that one. I missed Thank that. You, I missed that quote. Darn it. Deserves. All right, guys, ready to go live on YouTube? Dun dun dun. Live on YouTube. Give me a second. How do I do this where I can see everybody? There's a button in the top right corner. It says uh, right speaker, speaker view. 
or gallery view. Okay, I just click that. You can try it. Now, if you just look at it hard enough, it'll switch itself. <laughs> it's a look screen, you know, instead of a touch screen. Okay. <clears throat> All right, there you go. So this is episode 32. 32. All right, and. I didn't realize you're getting so many uh, listens on your podcast, man. That's that's, that's awesome. It is insane. I cannot believe it. Welcome, everyone. We are now streaming live to YouTube. Everyone that is listening to the audio got a little bit of the behind the scenes. So we totally appreciate you. I am going to share this live stream real quick. Copy live stream to the clipboard. Let's go over to my Facebook real quick. Let people on my Facebook know that I am streaming live. Yeah, we're live. We are definitely live. All right, top 20 paramotor pilots. You should follow on YouTube. <laughs> All right, paste. Hey and post paste and post all right there we go <laughs> we are live this is not memrix welcome everyone my name is sean simons also known as ppg grandpa i'm talking slow because i have so many kids in the back I got all the grandkids i got grand dogs and everything back here <laughs> Um, this is Labor Day, so this is just going to be a short one. We're only going to be uh, talking for about an hour today. That way we can get back with our friends or fly whatever or whatever we need to do. So welcome for the next 49 minutes. Today in our panel, we have Linda Anderson. Both clap, cheer. Look at it. She's our cheerleader. Isn't that awesome? That's great. Um, we, also, we also have, uh, remember last week we had Chris Wheeler. Chris is back this yeah. week. Welcome, Chris. Kevin can fly. He is also here. He is our uh, instructor that we can ask him anything because he is awesome. We have Brian Haybale Waller. Welcome, Mr. Hey. See ya. We have JP. He is our technical guy that makes sure that anything that you want that you see on here, it's done through him. So thank you, sir. We appreciate you. And we also have David here. He has not been on here before, but he will be our guest next week. So he is on the panel to give us some of his expert advice. Today, we're talking about the top 20 paramotor pilots that you should follow on YouTube. However, we're talking about the top 20. We don't actually have a list here, guys. We're going to be talking about the ones that influenced us and the reason why we're here. Now, we're going to put... Tucker Gott off to the side because we already know about Tucker Gott. It's the other ones that we want to know about. And uh, to other than Tucker Gott, the next one that comes to my mind immediately is Anthony Vela because not only did I watch him on the uh, internet on YouTube, but he also had the Paramotor podcast, which I really thought was cool. He's up to episode 30. Hey, this is episode 32 on ours. So we actually beat him. Yay, we beat him. Don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell Anthony. You'll have to uh, have to do a couple more to to beat us, but we don't want him to beat us. Anyways, guys. So what we're doing today is we're talking about the uh, 
top 20 paramotor pilots. We're going to write them down, see who we talk about, and then list them off at the very end. If you are watching this on clearproptv.com, then we have a chat. So in the chat, if you would, let us know who are the people that influenced you in the PPG world. Is it a paramotor pilot or is it somebody in your family? Let us know. So let's go ahead and start right away. Who wants to talk about the paramotor pilots that have influenced them? Who wants to go first? I'll go first, Sean. All right. Because I was just uh, at his place this weekend. So he hit me up on YouTube and invited me to come on down. And his name is Kyle O'Glee. And let me tell you, while I was at his place, it, he he was absolutely the teacher that you would think he was because he had a few students there uh, and I got to watch him go through his spiel with his students and, and teaching how to kite and weather and uh, did some hang testing and that kind of thing. The, the amount of patience he has is, uh, you could tell he was definitely made to teach. So um, I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. I think uh, Kyle Oakley is probably somebody that we all have looked upon, uh, at least his videos and said, and, and at least got something from him uh, and probably is weather related because uh, that man sure does know his winds. I totally agree with you. I uh, often go back to his videos because they are very informative, fun, and he's got that voice. He has a very distinctive voice. If you hear him, uh, in a crowd, you know that he's out there. He's very distinctive, very awesome professional voice. Um, who else? Uh, Linda, don't you have somebody in your life that uh, is very professional? May, may not be PPG, but it is PPG. As long as you don't have dogs that are barking. I know. Who's, who's in your life that uh, you look up to? Oh, my gosh. That would be Robert Michaels with paraglidingtalk.com. Linda uh, uh, is the one that funds his payroll. I know, I do. <laughs> I know, exactly. It's like every week, okay, you know. But he, he has like come so far and taking that SIV course and I watched that last video when him and um, Anthony, he took Anthony out there to El Cap and uh, Robert just about gave me a heart attack when he was doing his all of a sudden, just start swirling and what they call that SAT. And uh, that, yeah. but he kind of he pulled himself out of it. So Sean, if you can catch that, I think I tagged you on it. But yeah, you got to watch it. It's pretty awesome. I, I like watching the SIV courses. Uh, since we're talking about SIV courses real quick, uh, shout out to Andrew Fuller. Not only is he the uh, maker of the paramotor frame, uh, SkyTap Angel that I fly, but he also runs a very successful SIV clinic down in Florida, and I have gone to two of his clinics already. It, it's amazing. You learn so much in two days, and you come back like you've been working out for a week um, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, it's it just so sore. 
but the amount of knowledge is amazing. So Andrew Fuller and also Leah Catullo for sure. Uh, oh, Jonathan yeah, Carr girl. is, and Jonathan Carr also too, amazing people. Um, who else has some people that influence them? Come on, somebody. Well, I know we're not supposed to talk about he who should not be named, but honestly, I spend a lot of time watching Dell's videos because the guy has some genuine skill. And it wasn't until I uh, realized the less personable side of him that I then started to seek the depths elsewhere. But um, <clears throat> I, I did find a lot of great information, you know, no, just coming through. But I, uh, I watched Tom Kubot's videos. I think Tom does a great job. Uh, when Woody Gamertag was putting out flying videos, I think Woody did a great job with videos. Um, Woody's videos had a lot of really good, rich content. And I'm kind of bummed that he decided to take a break from doing his stuff, but it is what it is. But yeah, there's, there's several really good people out there as far as information and, and just plain entertainment. I mean, shoot, for entertainment, Mark Amundsen, that guy is hilarious. <laughs> Half his videos will crack me up just as much as they give you something to watch. So, you know, a lot of good content. Sure. Absolutely. How about you, Hey Bill? Well, for me, I'm gonna have to break protocol, man. Uh, my biggest influencer was not a paramotor pilot. He still would like to be, but he's not yet. But uh, it's my dad. Um, he taught me how to fly. Uh, I've been flying with him. He started an ultralight club here in the late 80s, early 90s, became the president of it. One of the biggest ones in the United States. Uh, one of the top three at one point. And uh, I had 30 planes in my front yard when I was a kid doing a fly-in. Um, so, you know, for the, love, the passion of flying goes ways back to my family. I broke a leg in my uh, airplane crash my second time up when I was in the 11th, I think, the seventh grade. And I didn't fly for quite a few years. I regret that. <clears throat> but I did get back up there with my dad, and he taught me to fly. I soloed in 2012 with fixed-wing aircraft, ultralight. And uh, I've been enjoying aviation ever since. And, and I wanted to be able to fly while I travel in my camper. And there was only really one good way to do that. And that was a paramotor. So I started watching some videos, John Baptiste Chandelier, and then Tucker got. And, uh, you know, he, I watched Tucker's videos. I want to learn where to train. He said aviator. And that's where I went. You know, I guess the rest is uh, on YouTube if you want to watch it. Aviator. Um, yeah, I, I actually have uh, Eric Farewell on my list too. I've been crossing out all the people that we've been that we've talked about to make sure that I still or we're all on the same page. See how many people you know you say, and uh, see what I have on the list. Real quick, I do want to uh, shout out to KevinCanFly.com. Yes, I am actually shouting you out, Kevin. Uh, he is he is a really good instructor. Uh, JP, another good paramotor pilot. We also have the Brian Waller, Skinny Shane. Never trust a skinny chef, Shane. We also have Tommy Mosley, and a couple of other people that we've had on our podcast. Uh, Chris Wheeler, he's still here. Shane Bittner, Mark McElroy. We we also had Harley on here. Um, Brody Smith, Philip Anthony, Doug Martin, Jeff Goen, and Will 
Liddy. Those are all the people that we've had on our podcast, so we definitely want to shout them out. Since we already said JP, JP, who is your people that uh, influenced you? Um, I would say one of the first videos I ever saw, I don't know if it was the first, it's hard to put your finger on what was the first paramotor video you ever saw, you know, but I, I clearly remember one of the, the first few that got me really into it was a video that Matt Minyard um, put out and I just did a search for it and pulled it up. It's titled, uh, girl tries to get high on her own living life paramotor life is the title of that video and i i must have watched that video a hundred times it's just you see this four foot tall 80 pound girl you know strap a motor to her back and she's doing touch and goes and just the soundtrack on the the video is awesome and it just i don't know that video set it off for me so right off the bat i'm gonna have to say matt menyard um even though he doesn't produce a lot of content um, what he does make is really, it's, it's what he does. Like he's just filming his life. He's not producing like, uh, a show or anything. He's just going out there and, and living the band life and he's filming it while he does it. And that's, you know, something unique to how he does things. Um, I'll also say I, uh, I really like, uh, Mark, Mark Honeycutt, him and Elena, they make a lot of good stuff too. Um, and there's so much Max Martini, um, John Baptiste, the, like uh, Brian said, uh, so many good. I, Bart uh, Bart Barry, um, his buddy. Who's his buddy that flies the free ride? Anybody follow Bart Barry? There's there's so many good pilots out there. Um, you know, one person that I wanted to add to this that I think is really uh, well known but highly underrated is Mike Robinson from Blackhawk. Yeah, yeah. Mike is a wealth of knowledge. He's been in the sport and industry for many, many years. And that's another one of the, the video content producers that kind of got me started into paramotoring back in the day was watching the, the breakdown of how Mike would discuss the differences between the different gear without sitting there telling you that the Blackhawk was the one to buy. He would tell you that you come to Blackhawk Ranch and they have all kinds of gear and you can try all kinds of things. And I always enjoyed that about somebody who's willing to not only show you the skills, but then pit their equipment up against the competition around them for an honest comparison. And I think Mike has always shown to be a very honest guy. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And what was Mike's last name? Robinson from Blackhawk, Mike Robinson. There's another mic there too, isn't there? Yeah, there's two mics. <laughs> okay. I can't. I couldn't think of the other mic's name off the top of my head. They though. they do a show. I think it's called Coffee with Mike and Mike. It's like a pair. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Okay, so I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the one Mike owns the company. Mike Robinson owns the company, and the other Mike is the one that runs the the motor school and does all of the maintenance and stuff, builds motors, all that kind of stuff. Nice. Nice. I guess we're up to David I, real quick. Oh, yes, go ahead. JJ. Just real quick, if we're saying influential too, I, I got to throw a shout out to my instructor, uh, Chris Holbert, Predator Paramotor Training. Um, by far, he's the, the most, the single per, most person who's influenced my flying style um, just because I spent so much time with him in training. And still to this day, I, I hang out with him as much as I can. And I'm still getting pointers to him. And, uh, uh, you know, that goes to his, you know, he's still seeking instruction himself, which is something that I really admire about him is that he's, 
he's not he doesn't have it all figured out you know like some people might say like i've made it i, I got it you know he's still furthering his education he goes to clinics with matt minyard and uh, goes out to see christiana croce in utah and uh there you go another good you know fantastic name christiana croce um, of superfly in utah he's just uh been in the sport for decades and uh a wealth of knowledge and just that knowledge trickles down and I'm happy to see it make its way to my brain. So I'll pass it on from there. Thank you, JP. Awesome. As I was um, saying before you talked about your um, your instructor, I will quickly say a shout out to my instructor, Britton Shaw. Um, but I guess at the very end of this, we'll talk about all of our uh, instructors and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely, we need to talk about our instructors and how well they influenced us. Um, Mr. David, um, welcome to the show. Uh, Glad to be here. Who influenced you as far as PPG and flying? Well, I, uh, about 30 years ago, I remember I lived in Indiana as I started out uh, my ministry, my pastoral work. And there were these guys flying around on trikes way back then because I think the equipment was heavier. And I looked into it and I couldn't afford it. So... I didn't do anything. And then uh, last, last uh, spring, I guess it was, not, not this last spring, but two springs ago, I turned on YouTube. I hadn't in, even been uh, very aware of YouTube except uh, that I could find out how to change uh, or dishwasher on there. And uh, there was Tucker Gott and uh, he was young. So it, it, while it was neat, it didn't really relate a lot to me. And then I saw Woody on there. And Woody made a, a big impression on me. And I, after listening to him a little bit, I decided to do it. So uh, I got some training, uh, but it didn't work out well for me. Mostly my fault, I would say. And so I ended up going down to uh, Aviator for six weeks. Uh, told Eric, uh, farewell, my situation. And he said, come on down. And so I volunteered for six weeks. And so that whole team down there had, had a huge influence on me. And uh, this summer I went out and saw uh, Dave Halcom and Matt Minyard. And uh, Matt is just, he's like uh, a physicist for, uh, right. for PPG, isn't he? Yeah. And uh, so listening to him and, and watching those guys, you could see it was easy why Eric Farewell had chosen uh, Midwest PPG as an affiliate. They just were really good out there. And I just loved my time down at Aviator. I didn't go to Aviator, but I've heard a lot of good things about them. What about Aviator did you like the best, real quick? Like I say, I wasn't a student. I was, I was volunteering there. But if, if uh, I would say the thing that I really appreciated was, first, they, they knew what they were doing. But also, if you went as a student, you were, there's a fellow down there, his name is Mike. And he says, he gets Mike constant Brown. air service. Yeah. And... Uh, he said, you get concierge service. And it really was. They treated their students like royalty, is the way I, I, I'd explain it. That's the best crew down there, man. Woody is another Woody, not Game of Woody. Woody Trayon and uh, oh, Ross. Man, there's Fletch. The, the whole crew, you know, AJ. You know, the, there's several instructors that have come through there that I, I've met that were training while I was there. It seems like the biggest trend there is their students keep coming back you know either coming back and trying to take part as a, an instructor or just coming back 
to fly with the instructors. It's just, it's just a, it's a pretty good family to be part of for sure. I'm a little partial. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they're great guys. They're great guys. All right. Well, we went around and we talked about uh, the paramotor people that influenced us. Besides Tucker Gott, what other famous people can you think of out there that uh, would be worth watching on YouTube? So the one that I watch and watch in slow motion the most, uh, especially when the camera goes off to his hands, is a guy named Mitch G. Yeah. Uh, the skill of Mitch G is unreal. So that guy knows speed bar better than anybody I've ever seen on a speed bar. But it's not just that. He understands the difference between brake and tip steering. He is really a professional at 2D steering. He's very good. So if you slow his videos down and watch his hands when he – because he doesn't talk much about what he's doing with his, his bar and his hands, but uh, it's magical the way that guy can control it. So what he's doing is is highly advanced because if you're on the bar and you're low to the ground like he is, you better you better know what, what you're doing. Um, but so I would definitely say Mitch G is in there. Um, and if and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know put a tick on JP's um, thing about Chris Santa Croce. If you haven't watched Santa Croce's series on pitfalls and that kind of thing, um, it's re that's like a, a must. You must watch uh, Chris Santa Croce's the Superfly videos. And I think there's only like, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13. There's not many, but every one of those is like a golden nugget of knowledge. Uh, and then two more that I'm gonna mention is uh, Jockey Sanderson. Jockey is a, is a paraglider guy, but I'm telling you the stuff that he, he puts out there is top notch. And then if you just want fun and you just want to watch a guy that's super famous and forget the language because most of his videos are in Polish, is a guy named Mr. Lojack. Mr. Lojack is like the king of flying paramotors, hands down. That guy is, if you haven't heard of Mr. Lojack or haven't watched his stuff, here's a guy who goes into domes and starts flying slalom in domes and stuff. I mean, this guy is insane, but you know. Interesting. So... Real quick, um, everybody, what do you think is more important when watching a YouTube video about paramotor? The 4K crisp, you know, everything's, you know, nice and perfect. The audio, um, both, or instruction? I think it kind of depends what you're watching it for. If you're watching yeah. it for enter entertainment, then probably the quality of the video and audio. If you're watching it to learn something, then probably the instruction. I think it's every every person on YouTube who does this has a different forte and a different reason they're doing it. You know, so you know if you're going to watch Tucker, it's it's great entertainment. If you're going to watch and you want to know something specific about maneuvers and that kind of thing, you'll you'll watch Santa Croce, or you'll watch you know Jockey Sanderson or somebody like that. That's, that's, I just uh, I. I asked Robert who his influence was, and uh, he just told me it was Tucker. Tucker got shoot a fly. He said Tucker got yeah, yeah. So my my personal view is it's the delivery. It it could have terrible audio. It could have arguably terrible video if that exists at this point in technology. But it, when the person who's giving you the flight, whether it's just a flight and you're you're coming along with them or whether it's a video about progressing a skill in some way, the way that the information is delivered is probably the biggest thing, in my opinion, that matters the most for the videos that I watch. 
And then, like we were mentioning earlier, one of the, the big ones that's paragliding, not paramotoring, but the skills translate the same, is fly bubble. So they have a great series on kiting, ground handling, high wind kiting, how to launch your wing, kill your wing, and, and pitfalls around uh, how, how uh, kiting your wing can get you hurt on the ground or how you can be successful on the ground. And then they have a whole lot of other information as far as if you wanted to free fly, how to soar, how to get away from the hill, how to thermal. They break down a lot of the, a lot more of the, the finite means of flying more so than just the motoring, but it's a great wealth of information from Flybubble. I agree. I like Flybubble. And that definitely makes sense. Um, if you're looking for just raw videos and listening to the sounds and, and watching, you'd want to watch, you know, the, the Tucker got raw videos that he puts up. Um, that, that does make sense a lot. Looks like Tommy Mosley is, is on here. Welcome, Mr. Tommy. Thank you, sir. Good to see you back on here. Have you been flying lately? No, no, I've been on call all week at work. So I've been, I've been busy, busy, busy. Now, is this the guy that flew at Sonic? I'm confused. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, the, that's the guy that decided that he did not want to eat at Nick's Barbecue. He'd rather go over to, to Sonic and then fly away and eat at 5,000 feet. What's up, Tommy? <laughs> Real quick from the chat, uh, Bill A, or Charles Shirley uh, mentions uh, Fly Guy Alberta, which I believe he's an instructor and he's out of Canada. Yes, I got Fly Guy Alberta. I was going to mention him, so that's awesome. That a lot of good content like too. Yeah. For anybody that can fly a couch, I don't know if you know who that is. Oh yeah, that's my dude. Did, you, uh, did yeah. you see that he is now flying a bed? He's yeah, sleeping. Did you see? Yeah, I think JP saw that. Well, so, next year, take the whole house with him. Since you guys <laughs> mentioned Fly Guy, I thought I would just throw in a little useless bit of information about his channel. So if you, if you notice, you can go back on his channel for many, many, many videos, and you'll notice that he never, ever, ever shows his face. He does talking. He'll show you the paramotor. He'll show you the wing. He'll show you his trailer. He never, ever shows you his face. The reason for that is because Fly Guy is an undercover or was an undercover officer in the Royal Canadian Police and worked oh, – wow with narcotics and things like that, taking down people. He was actually like a, a Donnie Brasco for the freaking Canadian police department. So that's, wow. why he never showed, that's why he never showed his face because nobody could ever see him not in his quote, natural setting or his undercover setting. So that's Come why- Come on. Motor and a machine gun and arrest people? Yeah, no so way. all of the videos, he never ever showed his face because he, because of his undercover police work, he couldn't allow himself to be viewed outside. Where did you read this? How do you hear about uh, this? I, I I know things. What do you mean? Okay, all right. <laughs> I know things. I know things. It's part of it's, it's, it's part of being in the instructor network. You know things that the students don't know. There you um, go. I'm looking no, he, he, had, uh, he had divulged that at the Salton Sea fly into a couple of friends of mine. Anybody mention Andre Bandera? I was about to say that too. Did you, did you see him geek out on the line tensions? 
I saw that. I saw. I oh didn't... my God, that guy's brain is like this big. Yep. He's yeah. been working on that for two years now, believe it or not. Yeah, I know, but he finally got it done. He put all the data out. You can actually download a PDF report of the whole thing. He did uh, a video too where he legit unplugs every single line one at a time and sees how it affects the glider. I saw, I saw that. That, that was yeah. really cool. I yeah. like that. So I know that I never want to lose an A. Right, yeah, that was pretty uh, – don't want to do that. But it, it Especially just, not an inner A. Right. Definitely. All right, I'm going to name a couple of people that are on the list that we didn't talk about. And uh, let me know if you heard of this person or not. And if you did, what do you think of them? First one, PPG Gorilla. Yeah. He's a nice guy. I think he's is a he related to PPT now. Grandpa? Rick is, <laughs> you, Rick is okay. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> have you guys seen the new content he dropped with his dog? I want to do that. Like, oh yeah, yeah. It, he, it popped up on my thing, but I didn't get to watch it. What did, what did it show? It's pretty cool. He's got his his dog. He's got a special pair of dog muffs. Oh, um, his dog. dog and goggles for the dog and like a six point <laughs> harness, and he's yeah. got it mounted on his lap, and he takes them for. So flights with them and the, yeah. the thing will hang out and bark at the cows as he flies over them that's awesome <laughs> i that think guy, i, I think i saw that if i take my dog i have to take an extra 90 pounds up with me so it's gonna be tough <laughs> yeah my dog would be more than choking if i tried that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've got a yorkshire terrier that weighs four pounds it would wouldn't be that hard perfect about a gallon of gas there you go that's like JP's little six ounce Maltese he's got. Yeah. Oh, baby. He's coming up with me someday. Oh. That's, that, that's what I want to do. I want to bring one of my dogs, too. And I did see that video with, with him because I asked him what kind of earmuffs did he use. Yeah. And he told me that's right, he did. They sell them on Amazon. They have different sizes for different pups. They're, called, uh, they're called something clever, like bark muffs or yeah. bark, bark something. I think that they're pretty cool. All right, here's a second one. And tell me if you heard of him and what do you think of um, Paramotor Crazy? David Wolfie. David <laughs> well, I Wolfie. like Dave. He's a good guy, too. Old yeah. Mr. Wet and Wild himself. Yeah, yeah. I was teasing Dave, and I said he earned his second merit badge. So he, he got his bush pilot badge when he landed in the tree. And now he's got his wet and wild badge now that he's landed in the river. Oh, oh I got to watch. I, I haven't watched that video yet. I, I'm going to have to watch that. We really need to have actual badges that we can put on ourselves when we do something silly like that. Thank God I don't have one of those yet, but I'm sure that I will eventually. I mean, that's how it goes, right? You're going to get a badge. Like don't be a butt lander badge. I, oh, okay. butt lander badge. <laughs> I, I guess I got that badge. I got the I got the butt lander badge. You're right. I, I got, got the broken prop badge. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I guess we're talking about. I guess I do have a turtle badge too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention Paramotor Crazy, but he was an influence as well. In the first fly-in that I went to, he gave me a sticker. So that was kind of cool. That's there cool. You, you still have the sticker? I do. It's on my truck. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. Here we go. 
Okay, I got another one. Tell me if you know him or what do you think of him. Ready? Paramotor noob. Yeah, he's English guy, right? Yeah, not so much yeah. of a noob anymore either. No. He forever will be a noob because of his name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, got another one. PPG flyer. F L Y R. Anybody? I'm not sure if I've seen him. Okay. Um, I know everybody. I got I, one for you. How about PPG Explorer? Yes, yeah. that's, that's the next one I was going to say. PPG Explorer. Florida guy, right? Yeah. Bill, Bill does some great videos. Bill's been killing it with his videos. All right. Got another one. Tell me if you know this guy. I don't think he's well known at all. Maybe a couple people know him. How about Eric DeFore? Who? Oh. Eric DeFore. Eric who? I was teasing when I said that. I know. I know, right? Eric DeFore. He's some guy out there so that some, some, some random guy, I think. Not too many people know him. Um, does anybody know Bo Feldman? <laughs> he flew from uh, Oshkosh or Florida to Oshkosh or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, like a million mile. Stop it. Greg Anthony Harris. On the way there. Greg Anthony Harris. Oh yeah, Greg makes awesome edit videos. Greg's a filmmaker, not a video maker. Yeah, he's uh new to PBG, but um, not new to YouTube. That's for sure. Definitely makes some really yeah. good ones. He's got a, a fantastic film that he just uh, released on the the training process and everything that he's gone through and um he's canadian him and his girlfriend and they couldn't get to the states to finish their training because of uh a passport situation or something like that but he released this i think it's like a 20 minute video um it's in like kevin said it's not a video it's a film it's to call it just a youtube video is selling it very short i think everyone should watch it if they i'm gonna pull it up here real quick just so everyone can find it um i mean that video pulls up emotion and it's like yeah. it reminds you of your first it reminds you of your first day it reminds you of your training it makes you feel like you're a part of what's going on it's amazing it's called but what if we fly that was a good one i liked it yeah, yeah. Another, one, another one i would plug is uh glenn tupper with his paramotor australia and paramotor the americas Mm -hmm. He's also put out two really good full-length films on paramotoring as well. I'm glad I jumped on. I, didn't, I haven't heard of a few of these people. The list is really, it just... It's, it's okay, Tommy. They haven't heard of you either. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I follow a lot of free fly guys. Like Getty G has been one of the ones that I've just absolutely loved watching his videos. You know, I'd, that's kind of where I'm. I'm at, and uh, you know, a lot of 500 miles to nowhere. Gavin's videos. Right. Yeah. Between Getty G and Max Martini, it's like you're gonna sit and drool over free flight all day. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, a, a lot of the PPG guys, I you know, the big main ones I follow, but. Some of these guys, I, I need to follow them. It's, it sounds like they're making some good good stuff. Oh, if you cool. want to see an, another filmmaker who's really good, he's not, um, he doesn't talk, or I, I, I don't think I've ever heard him talk. It's Airborne with an E. So look up Airborne with an E. That guy makes, um, it's cinematography of so it's e paragliding. How, how do you spell it? Is it sort of? 
A I R B. Yeah, that's it. A I R B O R N E. Airborne. Oh, airborne. Like yeah, gotcha. is the name of his. Well, I will channel. say, I, I was a child of the '90s, and that dumb movie was one that I watched a few times. What's that? Uh, that's it right there. The movie Airborne, where the kid gets stuck in Cincinnati, Ohio, with his roller skates and finds a girlfriend. It's a typical '90s story. I miss the '80s and '90s. The good old days. So, Tommy, since we're watching this on here, um, tell us who are the people that influenced you or the people that you look up to in paramotor? Mr. Tommy. There was really Kyle Owens, and I've gotten to, you know, fly a lot of the same sites that he did. That's the person that I really – Kylo's videos, he's, he's such a weird – weird dude and just he's he's hilarious and and nerdy and smart and uh, you know I, I really enjoy his videos they seem down to earth and and he's giving you honest opinions on everything I've, I've always respected his videos and liked them a whole lot that's the main one just because he does a little bit of free flight does a little bit of motor he's into a lot of the same stuff i'm into But other than that, you know, the, the Tucker got, it's hard to, it's hard to get away from Tucker got whenever you type in PPG, that's, that's what pops up. Mark Honeycutt, uh, Woody Gamertag, um, you know, the, the main ones. I, I don't know what's up with Woody. It doesn't seem like he's making near as many videos now. He made a comment a while back where he said he wasn't going to make them if he didn't feel the magic. He said he doesn't want to make videos and have them be boring and people would say, oh, no, if you make it, it'll be great. And he comes back with, well, you wouldn't say that if I had made just another regular boring video with nothing happening. Well, I mean, the last few videos I saw of his, he was throwing a reserve, a second reserve, landed in the middle of a – I mean, those were the last videos I saw of his. And I'm like, yeah. what do you mean, boring? He's, uh, <laughs> he's good friends with a fellow down at Aviator, and I think that part of the problem for Woody is that – He's got a site that focuses on one thing, and he doesn't want to divide that to something else. Just two different audiences. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, he has the gamer audience. That's that's pretty. That's that's his main base, I think. Yeah. But make another YouTube channel. I mean, goodness, it it would definitely make money. I would think, or get views, or whatever. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see what he's up to. JP, we're, we're, we're still looking at your screen. There you go. <laughs> oh, there I am. I'm glad it was just that screen. I was like, where did I go? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we've been talking for almost 40 minutes so far on our live podcast. Um, and we've got a lot of names here I would definitely want to list off. But I suppose off the top of your all heads, what, who are the top 10 paramotor pilots that people think about um, now, can, or know can, about when they first get into it. Okay, I was, you did what I was going to ask, but when you say top, do you mean like best skill, best videos? Just who well are the known, names that come the to well known? The, the well known, like like the newbies. If if you yep. ask a, a brand new newbie, it's like who are the paramotor pilot pilots out there after Tucker got? Who, are gonna come, who comes off next? You are going to come. Hey, bro. 
<laughs> Y'all are going to hate me for this. Super Dell. You can't yeah, get away from him. And Super Cap, Dale's all over the Captain place. Captain Kurt, you're going to come across him too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Captain Kurt, Dell, and uh, Tucker got. All right. Who flows yeah. off next after those three? Kylo. Kyle. Okay, Kylo. Who else? And his wife. I can't hear you, Brian. I, I trained with Derek Trout and his wife, Leanne. Um, yeah. They yeah. they both had a very positive influence on my life. Um, Ashley Gowen, AJ from uh, Aviator. Uh, he's one of their lead instructors down there now. Uh, super awesome dude. And uh, one-up adventures. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and who? The two guys from one-up. Uh, Kyle Kyle Mooney and Travis Burns. Yes. Travis was at the fly-in this weekend at uh, Dave Purden's. He was there uh, certifying David Wolf. you know, that he was, you know, five minutes before he went into the water. <laughs> I don't know what that says about him, but. Oh. You're not going to live that one down for a while. Yeah, yeah he's in oh, trouble no. with that one. You know, the thing that I wanted to point out in that one is he wasn't flying the Atom 80. He had the Moster power, so it's not like he wasn't at a disadvantage for power to climb back out of the water. This is true. We, uh, I don't know. It's live and learn, you know. We got to <laughs> give him a hard time because that's our job, but at the same time, it's a not, not a difficult mistake to make. So. No idea what it means to live and learn. I don't know what you're talking about with my. I don't know what you're talking about at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens? We've all been there, and we've definitely all been there. I admire David for posting his mistakes, you know, and not being like, "Oh, that never happened," you know. But he posts it for the rest of us to learn from. So stand by, you'll be admiring me in a few weeks. Hey, don't say was, that, man. I was no, flat away that he was able to launch that wet diaper and get it up in the yeah, air. Yeah, that was impressive. Which. It opens up an entire new thing for me. It was I didn't think you were supposed to do that with wet lines. It stretches them out, but uh, it actually shrinks them more than it stretches them. It shrinks your D lines. Right. So I, I I made a comment in his video to make sure he gets that checked out, but um, that was impressive. But didn't, um, didn't Justine? Didn't he? He had a little crash. I don't know if it was there at that location, but he didn't crash in the water, but. There was something on Facebook that he, uh, yeah. What did, what did you have coming up, David? I, uh, when I was out on that West uh, tour, I got into Sturgis and took a flight. And I noticed as I took off that I didn't have the lift that I was used to because it was at altitude. And uh, sure enough, I got up and around a little ways and everything was fine. And I looked at my arm and I had left my phone on the ground in a public park. Oh. So I turned around and I landed. Everything was fine. And I set up again. And this time, you'll get to see it in the video. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did oh. you get to fly close to uh, Mount Rushmore when you were out there? I did. I flew down at uh, Fort Custer State Park. But yeah. like I say, I was afraid to go a great deal uh, far away from the airport there because if I went down, I wouldn't have anybody to get me. So uh, I took off around Custer. I was planning on flying a, a few miles up there to see uh, Mount Rushmore, but I chickened out and just flew around Custer and landed. 
Who did we have here a couple weeks ago that flew Mount Rushmore? Didn't we have? <clears throat> Who? That was the Harley. dude that flew all that was, 50 states and he Harley. got oh, permission Harley. to yeah. take off. Yeah, Harley. Okay, that was pretty cool. There's another great pilot right there, Har Harley Milne. Just, uh, and we have a lot of good pilots on the show. You get this guy that did an awesome hay bale slalom. <laughs> he Guinness definitely World the most book, favorite. Record holder. <laughs> now we got the famous David DePino. <laughs> oh, how about JT? He did the hay bale slalom. Yeah, I won't, I won't say I did it, but I, uh, I did for it. You did not do it. <laughs> It's full sand, brother. It was CG. It was all CG. It never happened. It's just it was on the stunt man. Oh, <laughs> man. How about uh, JT Wordle? Anybody watch any of his? Yeah. Songs? Out of Utah. Live, love. Yeah, yeah. Live, love, love. He's got some good stuff too. And you, we, and I want to asterisk this too. If we haven't mentioned you, and we should have, it's not because. You know, there's there's just so many fantastic pilots out there that uh, I'm sure we're forgetting some awesome names. So, no hard feelings if we forgot you. Yeah, L literally, uh, Jesus showed up in my class, man. Is a name dude named Jason. Uh, I won't give his last name. I'm not sure I know how to pronounce it correctly, but he was in my class. He's got the full beard, hair, everything, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty special. Jesus flew. He, he, he got the name Top Shoey because uh, they gave him an old motor that had a bunch of butt landings, and so the clearance between the prop and the bottom of the cage was about two inches. And uh, he took off with such gusto that uh, he put his foot through the prop. Ooh. And uh, there was three slits on the back side of the heel of his boot and no cut through the sock at all. And they got it on video. Basically, he was able to take his boot off and stick his finger through the uh, back side of the boot. The prop went all the way through. Wow. But uh, he walked away from it, man. <laughs> wow. You can walk on water. You think a prop's going to hurt him? Right. Know, oh, right. Not Jesus. <laughs> it reminds me of the big Lebowski where he's like, hey, nobody mess with the Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, who was that pilot that went down in – and uh, we were looking for him for a couple of weeks. Did anybody find him? Who was that? He's, no, they're uh, still searching for Kiwi. They still haven't located him yet. Oh, what a terrible, terrible. Yeah, that's, that's rough. What happened? So a paraglide pilot launched in uh, North Nevada. They got into strong lift, and they carried him into the Nevada mountain range. And that's where he sent off his spot locator emergency beacon. They went to where the spot beacon had gone off, and they started searching from there. And they, it's been almost three weeks now, and they still haven't been able to locate him. Oh, my. Crap. I didn't know he had a spot, man. I mean, he had a spot that worked, and they still couldn't find him? That's Well, they're not sure what the situation is because the spot didn't continue to produce the beacon. It only put out the original SOS, and then it quit working after that. So they don't know if he went down on reserve. They don't know if he landed, packed up, and started hiking. Like, there's literally no information. They just got the emergency SOS, and he hasn't been seen in three weeks. So it's very, very scary for everyone involved. Hmm. That's not good. 
if I was closer, I'd take my paramotor and I'd start buzzing all over the sky with my paramotor looking if I could help it. I'm surprised more people are not doing that. I, I mean. I know. They had people combing the, uh, the GPS, like, video. Uh, what a terrible. Yeah, I went. Th I went through all that footage and went through the the aerials that they shot and stuff like that. I couldn't find anything. I'm I'm hoping that he's just on a long hike and uh, he's gonna pop up soon and everything will be fine. Yeah. Amen, brother. Well, that that's something I'm gonna add to my pack now. I'm gonna put a water filter. They're teeny, they're tiny, and you can get fresh water. That's I mean that's what I'd be worried about out there in that desert, especially. Oh, yeah. I went through. I went, I went through the Grand Canyon with a pack on my back for six days. Used those little water filters. There's water holes like all over the place. It's more surprising than I thought. So hopefully yeah, he so does. This guy was obviously flying by himself, like a lot of us do. No, he he flew. He was flying with a friend. Really? Yeah. I think like two. It's friends. easy to get. It's easy to get split up in free flight, though. I was gonna say that. Yeah, you leave a thermal earlier than the other guy. He gets into another thermal, and he's circling up, and he sees you, but you're, you know, a mile, you know, to the west of him, and you're you're fighting your thermal. You're you're worried about staying up. You're not worried about staying together. Gotcha. Very he easy was a to get split up. Yeah, yeah, he was experienced paraglider and a survivalist so they were saying if anyone could have you know landed out and with a broken leg and survived for a week it, it was him which makes it even rougher that he still hasn't shown up yet like damn there was a post on facebook i think it was put on yesterday day before his sister um his sister flew in the town or whatever and they were still doing the search and rescue but because it's so dense out there that it's really hard to get, you know, any kind of intense search. And I mean, like with the helicopters, anything like that. So, yeah, there's, it's on Facebook. I think it's on um, Bradley's, Bradley's um, Facebook page or whatever. But there was an update a couple of days ago. We still have a bunch of people out there still looking. <laughs> So this might be a little off topic, but all your paramotor pilots, potentially emergency scouts, has any law enforcement agency ever approached you to help find something? Because they knew you could fly? So, so let me kind of go into this. I actually worked for Southern Arizona Search and Rescue, so I kind of know a little bit about how that works. Different states and counties go with um, different authorities. So in Southern Arizona, it was part of the sheriff's office, right? In some states, though, it's part of the fire department office, right? So it kind of depends on where that would be. But typically, if you're going to be participating in search, that's all volunteer, right? So as long as you're clear to fly there, you should be able to search as a volunteer. If, however, you wanted to be active in the search and rescue community, um, you generally need what's called a WEC or a Wilderness Emergency Care. Um, certification. So it's roughly what an EMT would get plus about 12 weeks of medical because EMT is generally the first half hour of trauma. WEC is the first 48 hours of trauma. So 
if you're looking to get into that kind of thing, definitely look into where you could get your WEC certification, which stands for Wilderness Emergency Care. A lot of times it's put on by Ski Patrol because Ski Patrol usually has WEC. So there you go. Oh. Up here in, in Oregon, I've taken that course. They call it by a different name. They call it Wilderness Mountain Rescue Course, but it's the same basic course. You go through all the first aid triage, and then they also go through uh, uh, high angle rescues. So if you had to get somebody out of a tree or get somebody off a cliff face, then you have all the information to be able to repel yourself down or climb up, collect the injured party, and then belay them down from a cliffside or down from a tree and to do it all safely. This is not if you're flying a paramotor to, to search that this has nothing to do with the paramotor, right? Uh, yeah, so up, up here in the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of trees. There's almost every single flying site is surrounded by very, very tall conifer trees. So if you were to go down on a reserve, it's really likely that you could be hung 100 feet up in the top of a conifer. So to get yourself down out of a 100-foot tree, the only way to do it safely is to have somebody come up the tree, anchor a rope and a belay, and then collect the person who's hanging with some sort of a harness and then to belay them down to the ground slowly and controlled. Most people, believe it or not, when they get hurt on their reserve, don't get hurt, at least in the free flight community. I'm going to be clear on that. They don't get hurt from when they actually hit the ground. What happens is they, they can see the ground as they hang from a tree and they start unbuckling everything and they try to get out of the harness and get to the ground and they wind up falling 30 to 45 feet. And that's how they wind up getting seriously injured is falling out of the harness to the ground. Wow. So that's why the, the high angle mountain rescue is a really worthwhile course for your fellow pilots to have because they're the ones that are come rescue you. Gotcha, I see what you're saying. Now that WEC cert that you were talking about, uh... Um, does that, that has nothing to do with being a paramotor pilot flying no, around. No, no, no. No. What is it? What is that about then? No, I'm, I was saying if you wanted to get involved in your local search and rescue, right? Okay. If you actually wanted to be part of the local search and rescue, usually they require out, the volunteer outside of the volunteers. Usually they require those people that are doing it uh, mm -hmm. more as a less than a volunteer, but more as an active participant to have a WEC what that was but just so you know if you get involved with search and rescue um at least my experience there was more body recovery than there was anything else so you got to kind of know what you're getting into that's a lot more the reason i asked the question because uh the sheriff i believe it was showed up at my dad's house 20 years ago and asked if he could use his plane to locate the uh rancher's ostriches that got out of the pen so uh yeah i mean there's a lot of different reasons that you could use a pair or a paramotor or a plane to, to locate something. Uh, God, I hope I never get called to find a friend down in a tree somewhere close by. Man, that, that'd be a bad day. And, uh, but you should all carry a tree kit, right? You know, in a worst case, it's a, a roll of uh, dental floss that you can lower to the ground and uh, pull up a uh, belay rope. So you keep somebody from having to climb up to the tree to you. Mm -hmm. How heavy is something like that? I mean, how much experience do you have with that, Brian? 
dental floss? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we, ta- are we talking about real dental floss or are we talking about something different? No, man, just 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 a, uh, just a small roll of dental floss, something that if you're stuck in the tree, uh, part of a paramotor emergency safety kit, it's, it's usually part of it. It's just some sort of thin line that you can drop down to the ground and pull a stronger line up to you. Um, anyway, I've been told that's how it goes. That That's interesting. Um, who knows what would be in a paramotor safety kit? So a paramotor tree tree kit generally consists of about 50 feet of small, lightweight cord, a fisk, which is better known as a figure eight for doing rappelling, and um, generally a a general first aid kit, so standard bandages and, and so forth. Who on this panel right now that flies carries anything remotely like that man be honest enough loss just a roll you do yeah and kevin does too yeah i have i have a, I have a tree kit and i only use it i only take it and use it when i go flight in certain locations that are heavy with trees most of the area that i fly around is wide open valley so i never have to worry about it but there's a couple of coastal sites that you only have a limited amount of beach and then there's a lot of trees around it. So if I fly there, I put the tree kit in my harness. So that way, if I have a motor out and end up in a tree, I can at least belay myself down if I'm well enough to do it. What's the minimum amount of first aid would you think would be good to carry with you as a paramotor pilot? Anybody? Band-aid. I use a I use a crossover kit. I got a kit up at the mountain for uh, wintertime snow skiing, and so it's got uh, what do you call it? butterflies, band aids, aspirin, typical standard stuff. But then it also has an emergency blanket. It has a CPR ball valve mask, and I mean it's it's pretty much just a standard first aid kit. But it fits in a little zippered pouch. And that, that whole little pouch just fits right in the side of my harness, and that goes in and just stays there always. So I always have a first aid kit. So it's just think, something that you can get at Walmart? I got mine at the mountain from Ski Patrol. That's what Ski Patrol uses. I think an Israeli wrap would probably be good for, because I can imagine if you, if you needed to apply first aid from a paramotor, or to another paramotor pilot, it's probably going to be involving one of two things, either um, lacerations from a propeller or uh, broken bones. I would think those are probably the two, right? So yeah, laceration maybe in a, yeah. yeah, so maybe a splint or an Israeli wrap would probably be better than a sprint. And then uh, yeah, whatever for lacerations. Well, I mean, we all fly with a with a windsock pole, so you just duct tape the pole to their leg, and then they're good, right? That's all. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, what would you, what would you want to fly? I mean, right now people are talking about, you know, shaving off a couple ounces off a of frame to make their paramotor, you know, lighter. Um, a lot of people I'm sure aren't going to, you know, go and put a 10 pound, you know, bag that has a bunch of first aid kit stuff in it. So, you know, what would, what would you do knowing what we just talked about? What's the minimum that you put in your, your paramotor kit? I know that uh, Kevin just said something. Uh, you know, with the basics, anybody else have anything that uh, you'd put in your paramotor uh, kit? 
first aid kits, a couple like bags. A, uh, a Swiss Army knife or something like oh, that, you know. That's a good idea. Something that's Swiss very Army universal. Knife. You know, another simple one that I carry with me is a spare spark plug and a plug wrench. I do have the I do have the spark plug yep. and plug wrench, the little tiny one. I think if you're worried about weight, you need to like look at how long you're going to fly because the biggest way you can save weight is fuel. So if you're not going to be flying for, you know, a long yeah. distance, don't put in that much fuel because forget about ounces. I mean, now we're talking about pounds, you know, when you're talking about fuel, an extra gallon of fuel is six pounds, yep. you know, um, why are you worried about, you know, ounces on a frame if you're going to fill up your tank and you're not going to use it. So that's true. I do have a five gallon tank and I fill it up top tippy top every single time that i fly just so i know in case i want to fly around i'm like hey look at that way over there i'm gonna go fly over there just for fun look at my watch okay i got about two hours left so i love launching with a small child on my back <laughs> two hours left what are you flying an adam 80 <laughs> no, my, I, um, i'm up for 185 i don't have near that kind of range i think an hour and a half is the longest flight i've had so far okay. how many gallons curious, you put in curious topic so <laughs> if you're flying a moster what is your fuel burn per hour how many liters per hour do you burn kevin that's a great topic because i cannot figure that out and i think i'm actually burning more fuel than other people my weight flying the exact same motor so this is a phenomenal topic all right, so we're, um, I guess we are done with our paramotor peeps and stuff like that. Let's go ahead and talk now in our after show, which we weren't going to do, but hey, it's flowing, so let's keep it going. Um, talking about fuel, I have five gallons, and with it topped off, I can do about three hours. What size wing are you flying, and what is your weight? My weight right now is 260. My all up is about. 3.30 ish or so. Well, actually, I think, yeah, about 3.30 or 3.40, depending on, I think it's 3.40 now with um, with that full five gallons of gas, which is 30 extra pounds. Let's see. Um, I have a 28 meter wing. It's the Gen Vantage 3. It's, um, it's more lifty. It has less, it has less material less lines than my roadster three and has more lift and it, it's more buoyant than my my 28 meter roadster go figure but yeah I, i'm getting about three hours off of five gallons wow yeah you're getting an hour more than i am with five gallons yeah you're getting an hour more and i'm 180 with the most uh, 185 yeah no no i i'm 180 Standing right, on a scale, a, I'm 180. Like with a Moster 185, I'm probably two something, 230 maybe, I would think, right? Somewhere around there. I'm flying a 23 Charger or a, an 18 Colorado. One of those two is what I usually fly. So I'm not, what, as, an, I'm not as efficient as you, that's for sure. What unit do you have? Yeah, what Moster frame? 185. The frame oh, is an yeah. air for, it's a titanium air for frame. Okay. So it sounds to me like you might need to turn your low end screw down or in yeah. a, about a 30,000th of a turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be the type of flying. I, I, I'm always flying in heavy winds, though, as well. 
always, always, always. So, yes, sure. How about how about your throttle? Are you going full throttle on it or a lot? Yeah. So, and I'm on the bar a lot too, which I know kills it. So it could be the type of flying too. That 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 sounds like it because if I um, fly with bar. Uh, my my uh, trims out and um, going for speed or trying to penetrate the wind, um, I burn a lot more because I'm I'm pretty much full throttle. Um, mostly, what I do is I have the trims all the way in, and I'm just skimming along, doing some foot dragging, you know, may, maybe even ten feet above the ground, and just you know, maybe a third of throttle, and that's pretty much what I do the entire time that I'm flying. It it seems like it'd be boring, but man i just everything is just so beautiful you don't have all that different you know all of that wind from winds aloft and it's just smooth well, except for this last time there's lots of turbulence but other than that so, it's really nice then my next question will be what prop do you have on your motor i got the helix 135. so i'm i'm just uh using a two prop the easy uh what are those light ones what are they called E-prop? E-props, e-props, yeah, yeah, yep. I also have an E-prop 130. It just doesn't put out enough thrust, and my motor spins so much faster to give me the same amount of thrust as the Helix does. Ah, there we go. So I went from a 125 to a 130 on the E-prop. I use a lot less throttle for cruise, and I went from about 4.5 liters an hour burn down to about 4 liters an hour burn. See, that's exactly where I'm at. I've got the 125 prop, E-prop, and I'm about four and a half liters per hour. Have you guys, tried, you... The, have you guys tried the three-blade? Not yet. Uh, yet. yet. No. I want to. One of these days. I just got my second wing, so I can't I do that right, right now. I have to find a disposable $525, and then I'll have a nice new three-blade. As soon as they zoom me to start making some money, I'm gonna buy me a three-place prop. Yeah, I'm and like, how <laughs> video like she does the Roberts. I mean, geez, just One, two, two videos and I'd be able four, to buy five, a prop. Seven, eight. We got eight people here. We have most likes on the website. <laughs> so I'm thinking we all like our own videos. Maybe if you go like the video, more people will see it. More people will con want to come here and take a look. So just saying. Like, yeah. share, and subscribe. Like, yeah, I like it, man. <laughs> I mean, you got you to share it. And if I make any money off this, I'll split it with you guys. I'll, I'll give you a couple pennies here and there. I mean, we're not making too much, but. I'll take you out to dinner. Any drive through you want. <laughs> as long <laughs> as it's off the dollar menu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Tommy, um, there is a field right next Am I here? There I Whoa. am. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was weird. Um, there's a field right next to McDonald's that I found over here in Conway. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going do do to do have to do a drive-through. Just, just swoop in. Just swoop yeah. in. Go right through the drive-thru. You have to go to the window, hide in your wing, and take the food, and then go back to and launch. Exactly. Kite the wing through. Hurry up, give it to me. Hurry. <laughs> you can get you can go with two people on a paramotor. One person can land with a video camera, walk through the yeah. drive through with a paramotor in the back, totally yeah. cool by itself. And then uh they can hold the 
food up, the other person can swoop through and get it. There you go. Who's going to swoop, Tommy? Are you going to swoop, or are you going to hold the hold it up there, right next to my prop? What they yeah. you got to <laughs> get a bunch of helium balloons, tie it to the food bag, and then float it up to you like that movie Up. And you just fly by and just catch the balloon with your food. Did you see David dude, Blaine? Did you see David Blaine yeah. do that? He just did yeah. that a couple days ago. Now he go to like three thousand feet and skydive from there or something. Yeah, twenty some thousand feet. He went up there. He had to use oxygen. Oh wow. Yeah, boating around with his hot air balloons. <laughs> or helium balloons, I should yeah, say. Yeah, helium. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really impressed by that. I was like, okay. I, I was saw the Phoenix guy jump out of a spacecraft. And, uh, that was cool. Yeah. That I was, was actually cool. on an airplane flying from Alabama to Arizona. And the pilot said, if you look out of your left window, you'll see a weather balloon going up that's felix i don't know how to say his last name sorry dude Bob um, felix okay. but uh so i actually saw through a plane aircraft window saw him going up that was pretty cool um it took him hours to get up there obviously but man impressive that was he broke cool. the sound barrier falling yeah. back to earth like that's that's a feat right there <clears throat> The guy that had that record before that actually lives up here in Fayetteville. He uh, was a John Prince at Sky Ranch, and he said it feels like your belly flop, and you slow down. You know, you're moving from 700, and you're slowing down, slowing you know down to terminal velocity, 120 miles per hour. Once you get you know to a certain altitude, Tommy, you need to connect to your Wi-Fi, brother. Yeah, I have to imagine that'd be pretty painful. Uh, well, guys, I got to cut out of here. I got to do the old domestic thing real quick. So, yeah, and we went over we went over our hour. We were just going to do an hour. You know, it is Labor Day. You know, we do want to uh, make sure that we have time with our friends and family. So it was a really good show. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, Linda Anderson, thank you so much for coming here. Um, Chris, Kevin, Brian, JP, David, Tommy, and myself. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening to us. Uh, this is Clear Prop TV signing off uh, a little bit early. Have a wonderful Labor Day, and we'll catch you next Monday. Paragliding talk, Josh. Take care. God bless. Bye -bye. Get a good story coming up next weekend. David will give us all his inside information. Yeah, David will be here next week. Big trip. I know. I'm excited. All right, y'all. Have a great one. Thank you so God much. God bless. Bye-bye, guys. Peace. Hey, hello everyone, Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Today, I am gonna be talking to you about flying paramotors. Now, you are either wanting to fly paramotors, that's why you're listening to this podcast, or you have been flying paramotors and you want to hear more about flying paramotors, and that's why you're here. So, this is for everyone, actually. If you haven't flown before, or if you have flown before, this is for you. I have noticed that there are a lot of people that fly paramotors that are finding all the excuses in the world not to go flying, which is weird because I'm trying to find all the possibilities and all the days and hours possible to go flying. Matter of fact, 
I changed my job hours from nine to five. Uh, I used to work at night, which means I couldn't go out and, and fly in the evenings. So I changed my job, changed my job hours, working nine to five. That means that I can get up in the morning, now that it's summertime, and go flying half an hour before sunrise, which is six o'clock over here, which means if I get up at four, four thirty ish and I'm at a flying place, my LZ, at about five thirty, I can launch, go from five thirty to six thirty to seven thirty. I can get two hours in in the morning, then work my nine to five job. Uh, leave my house at 5, get to an LZ by 6, and fly until 8.30, which is sunset, and I can fly half an hour after that, all the way till 9 o'clock. I have noticed that I am flying at least three hours a day, depending on, you know, if it's rainy or bad weather or not. I've been averaging almost three hours a day. If it's not in the morning, it's in the evening, or uh, at both. A combination of each uh, of of each other. Now, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because right now, today is Thursday. I am working, and I'm looking at the weather, looking on windy. I'm looking at Ventus Sky, Ryan Carlton, all the different weather apps that are out there and I'm trying to figure out if today would be a good day to go flying or not. I have told my friends that I plan on going flying and I am met with I'm busy, I can't, I don't know, I work late and it's not just today, it seems to be almost all the time. Even on really nice weekends where it's definitely flyable, I get the, well, I'm spending time with my family, going out with my wife or my husband, or going to go do this or do that. And they don't get out and fly. And I'm having a hard time understanding that. And I've asked some people, I said, you know, I basically told them what's what I'm telling you guys or what I'm talking about right now. And they said, there are a couple type of people, paramotor pilots or people in general that are out there. Number one, it's the people that paramotors are their life. They eat, breathe and sleep paramotors. Now you may breathe, eat and sleep paramotors before you go to class and before you go fly, and then you find out, eh, I guess it's all right. It's fun, but, you know, trying to find a good place, packing up the paramotor, you know, not spending time with my family. Um, it was a really hard day today, so I feel like just staying at home and relaxing. Those are some of these, some of the things that you might want to think about because it's real. It's so real. Um, I was eat, breathe, and sleep paramotors before I went to training. And because I really didn't have like a training week or training two weeks like most people do, my instructor was two hours away and he let me have an old wing to kite. And every second I had available before and after work, I'd be out there trying to kite and, and hone my skills with the kiting. And 
four months went by of doing that before I was even able to go up on my first solo. I don't know about you, but kiting in the summertime and have nothing to show for. I mean, you're not flying. You're just out in a field, dripping sweat in 90, 100 degree weather with heat index, you know, in the hundreds, sweating profusely. And your reward is, ooh, I got a little bit better. I was able to, to go 20 feet or 30 feet walking or running with my wing. And that was your reward. Now, after flying, my reward, or, or my first solo, my reward is to fly. Every time I get the chance, I fly. I, when I drive around town, I'm looking for new spots. Like, oh, look at that field. I didn't realize that field was there. I wonder if I, wonder if I can go fly there. Is it public? Is it private? Are there trees and road around it? You know, how about phone, you know, power lines and stuff? How about the people around there? Is there a big neighborhood or not? And I try to find places to go fly. Now, I have some places that I absolutely love to fly from. There's a sod farm not too far from me that I love to fly from. There is um, a big field over by Two Rivers, which is by Pinnacle Mountain State Park over here in Little Rock that I love to fly out of. Over by Pinnacle Mountain State Park, right down the road, there is a big soccer field that no one is using because of this COVID thing. And the, the air's a little bit rowdy over there, but my bump tolerance is all right, so I really don't care. So, you know, those three places I love to fly out of. There's another place that we have to get permission, but it's really incredible. And it is a blessing when I'm able to go and fly from there. It is an grass airstrip with houses all around. And everyone that lives there flies an airplane. And we're able to go out there with permission to fly paramotors, usually on the weekends or like a Saturday or something like that. This weekend, we are going to another airport. There's a couple of airports that we're able to fly out of. Unfortunately, the one that's closer to here is not all that savvy about us paramotor peeps trying to fly out of. So it's no big deal. I don't care. I mean, it, see, it doesn't make any difference to me. I'm going to pack up the paramotor in my, in, in my Jeep the same way I would if I went a block down the road or if I went an hour down the road. It doesn't make me one bit of difference. I cannot just go out in my backyard, walk my motor out there, and go fly, unfortunately. So no matter where I go, I have to pack up the motor. And it's really no big deal. Matter of fact, I got to the point where I could pack up the motor pretty darn quick and have everything set to go in such a short time, I'd have to double check myself because it doesn't even seem right. I mean, how in the world could I get that all done that quickly, right? So this whole podcast that I'm doing is going to be short because... It's just something that I've thought of. Matter of fact, we probably need to talk about it on our monthly or our weekly podcast that we do on 
uh, YouTube, Facebook, and iTunes, the one that you can hear me on right now. Every Monday on clearproptv.com, we stream a live audio and video. And what we do is we take that audio, if it's better than the stream, and we upload it to this channel where you can hear us. However, if you go to clearproptv.com, you're able to interact with us. If you want to ask questions, if you want to just be in the chat, if you just want to, you know, be there and, and listen in. And after our podcast, we open it up and you can join us in the Zoom room and hang out with us during our after party. So that's always fun to do if you want to do that. Now, right now you're talk you're listening to me on paratalk.org which is where I upload all of my audio and I don't know maybe in the future I might do video on this too but it doesn't seem like a lot of people do video podcasts because they're normally driving so that's why I have Monday night at 7 p.m. Central 8 p.m. Eastern a live podcast. Do you want to be on a podcast? Uh, are you a newbie, never flown before, but want to? I, I would love to interview you. You're more than welcome to come on. Have you flown for a little bit and you're wanting to ask some newbie questions? Well, shoot, come on. If you are an advanced pilot and you know a lot of stuff, please come on. Let me interview you because there's probably some things that I don't know. I know there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things I don't know that I would love to ask you. So go to clearproptv.com every Friday, no, every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm trying to remember this offhand as I am driving down the road doing this because my job requires me to do a lot of driving. So I'm actually able to listen to a lot of podcasts. And that's why I want to do this podcast. So this podcast, I know, I kind of went off on a tangent here, is about people just, you know, feeling like you really want to go and fly. And then you find out after going to school, you just, this is just not what you want to do. It's, it's too much of a hassle. So... If you want to talk with a bunch of people that are pilots, go to iloveppg.org. It's kind of like a Facebook, but just for paramotors and, you know, both PPG and PG, which is cool. Let's see, what else are we doing? Um, oh, yeah, we just launched some merch at iloveppg.com. We're going to be doing some paramotor games at paramotorgames.com. And I'm actually rendering up a couple of videos of flying around and doing some paramotor games. This last time I went out, I, I'm i doing these paramotor games because after a while of flying, it does get kind of like monotonous to where it's I just don't want to film anymore because it's the same thing. I'm up flying around. There's really nothing else to, to video. Um, I mean, I'll put on the video just so I have something in case something happens, like a big airplane flies in front of me. It's like, whoa, got that on, on video, but it's on a chest mount. I turn it on and it usually lasts for about an hour and a half. 
I have a five gallon gas tank and what's really cool about that is I can fly for about three and a half hours and that to me is wonderful. Five gallons is about 30 extra pounds. You might think that's a lot, but when you're on the Angel frame, the Angel paramotor, which you can find at ppgangel.com, it's it's kind of, sit, I mean, it sits down on the ground. So you pull it off the rack, you drag it to wherever you want to, you take the wing, you kite the wing, you put it where you want it, then you connect the wing to your paramotor. And then when you're ready, and only when you're ready, do you sit down in your paramotor, reach back, start the motor up, rev it up, make sure everything works great. And then you stand up, you walk forward, you punch the gas, and you're in the air. No kidding, guys. I am not holding the weight of that paramotor for more than 15 seconds. And that's if there's no wind. If there's lots of wind, yeah, about five seconds. And I'm up and enjoying the fresh air and sunshine. I'm still trying to find a really good microphone that will work up there, that will connect. I was thinking about using this big old handheld and connecting it to my phone and, and using it as a big windscreen. I don't know, I might have to do that one day. I just can't find something that I really like that connects to my helmet that goes into my my uh, my GoPro. I don't know, maybe I'll find something soon. Are you the type of person that really wants to go flying? You're eating and breathing and sleeping paramotors. You have a date in the future to go learn to fly paramotors. After you fly, you have to really ask yourself, how often will I fly after I go to class? Will I go and fly every available time that you can in the morning and evening? Or are you going to fly just on the weekends with your friend if it's fun to fly that weekend? If you're not tired and if you don't have other fun things to do, like hang out with your friends or, or do something else. If you eat, breathe, and sleep paramotors, it's worth investing in the about $10,000 that it costs. If you're a weekend warrior type of guy that you just want to go on the weekends and you have the extra $10,000, absolutely, go do it. Don't buy anything before you go to school because you might go to school and think it's cool, but it's just not for you. And I have seen that a lot. And that's the reason why I'm doing this podcast. If you could let me know what you think about this, you can go to comment section uh, in the audio podcast, whatever uh, you're using. If you're using iTunes, leave me a review and just say, hey, you know, I heard the podcast about, um, you know, not really wanting to fly, but you're flying and give me an, give me an idea what, what you think about it. Me, it just baffles me. It does. I mean, I'm looking at the at the sky right now going, okay, it doesn't look too bad. It is about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I won't be off until 5 o'clock. That means I won't be to a place and launch till 6 o'clock. 
and I have until nine o'clock to fly. Six o'clock till nine o'clock every single night is what I want to do. I want to fly that. If that's something that you want to do, man, paramotors are right up your alley. I really need to know what you think. Go to, go to our next uh, podcast or live stream Monday at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, go there and uh, watch our live stream and uh, let us know what you think about paramotors. And remind me, since I'm going to upload this here in a few minutes, about this podcast and uh, maybe ask a question about it. How often do people go flying once they learn how to fly? Have a great day, y'all. Thank you for listening. This is Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Just just thinking and just talking. And uh, I will catch y'all later. Catch you on the flip side. Fly safe. Oh, I almost forgot. We're going to go on a XC this Saturday. We're going to fly from an airport all the way to a barbecue place. Once we get there, we're going to eat barbecue. Well, we're going to order some barbecue. I'm going to order some barbecue, take off and fly. When I'm flying, I'm going to eat the most sloppiest, gooeyest, sauciest barbecue I can possibly find and uh, have all the video cameras going. I think it'd be pretty cool. If you lasted this long, thank you again for listening, and we'll see you every Monday night at 7 o'clock. Laters.